Welcome to Gamified Control. This is a talk, not a China bashing talk. I just start with that because there was always some misunderstanding. The Chinese social credit system is an example for the use of technology for solving social problems. And it's a talk about implications of scoring, digitalization, and social control. And the Chinese system is just one example. And by the way, my name is Katika. And uh, I'm really sorry, we just have half an hour or a bit less. So I have to speed you all through that program. And we have to leave out a lot of interesting points. But you can contact me afterwards with questions or discussions. I'm really looking forward to this. And um, you all have to, to suffer a bit. English is not my first language, so uh, I'm sorry for all the mistakes I'm going to make. So, I got a thingy here. So, the schedule. Um, in the first point, I want to give you a clue what a social credit system is to jump to a little mind game called Imagine. And then I will give you a short overview on the Chinese internet landscape to explain something that's called gamification, or I'm trying to establish a new German word for it, gamifiedingsbums. <laughs> and one question that's always raised is, why do they do that? So I'm trying to give you some insights in that too. And in the summary, I would try to give you some points to discuss and to think about what we can we do? Because scoring is not a Chinese problem. So imagine, imagine you can play the whole day. You can perform everyday tasks and you will get points for it. It might be a big fun to get a score because with that score, I mean, humans love to brag. You have a score and you can brag that you have a higher score than a friend of yours or an enemy. And you get better and better stuff the higher your score goes. You have to be careful because with that presence, you can get presents, but you can get penalties. And this game is your life. And there's a question I want, to, you know, want you to keep in mind during that talk. Do you really want to take part in a game where you have absolutely no participation in what the rules are? So, there are some stories about the social credit system. Since the, beginning, uh, the, la the ending of the last year, there's more and more reports on it. So, try to give you some facts. In 2014, the State Council gave out that planning outline on social credit systems, and they defined what it is. It is using your online and offline data to give you grades in points, and you get the score. And this system, or one system, will be mandatory in 2020, which means every person and every company in China will have to have that score. And the government said they will test different governmental social credit systems, but they allowed eight private companies to test their own. 
And now we have different social credit systems in different regions. Some have nice names like Honest Shanghai, where you don't have to fill in any data. You can just take your smartphone, scan your face, and this program will get all the information on you from hundreds of databases to give you a score. So you don't even have to be able to write your own name to take part in it. There's one really big system from one of the big players. We will talk about it later. It's called Sesame Credit. And there were some mistakes in the media. This is not the mandatory system. So naturally, one of the next questions is, how will the mandatory system look? Uh, how would it work? And the sad thing is, we do not know. The government in China is really open about a lot of things they are planning to do and they are doing. And you can read it on the internet and read it even in English or German. But they are a bit tight with information about the mandatory system. So we can only guess from the existing systems and from how the Chinese government behaved during the last decades. So, I will give you the next example of one social credit system shortly. But let's have a look at the Chinese internet landscape because I learned that a lot of people in Western countries have just few information on China. You might have heard about the strict governmental control. The Chinese government saw the Chinese, I think I can leave them, um, saw the, China, the internet as a space of communication you could say right from the beginning. And they said that space has to be controlled. So you have strict control on the internet. And sadly, we have no, not enough time to talk about how that works. But there's some great screen, um, streams from the Chaos Communication Congress on that. So you have another thing that is really interesting. You have true name registrations. So more and more services you can only use if you give your identification number. But on the other side, you have millions of users. You have more than 700 million internet users. And Chinese are really keen on so-called ICTs, information and communication technologies. For example, you can see this in how people pay. A couple of years ago, you could only pay in cash which sucked when you had to pay your rent in advance or buy a used car. But on the other side, cash means you can pay without leaving traces. That means you don't give information, and information can be seen as power to either governments or private companies. So you're quite safe with that. And in China now, you can even buy you know, like your gum or your rubbers with your mobile phone app. So this is becoming huge. And you should never forget, humans are very clever when it comes to bent rules. So you have millions of internet users screwing the system and trespassing censorship. There's a huge thing on memes that make fun of the government or talking about other topics using fake characters. And to give you more insights on how the information is drawn into a social credit system. We have a look at the big players 
Baidu, Alibaba, and Tencent, and the possibilities for system to get data. This is colorful, this is a bit nicer. I don't know if you can read the numbers. These are the three biggest companies, and all three of them are really huge in artificial intelligence as well. So first, we have Baidu. Baidu is the biggest search engine in China. And if you keep in mind, information is power. A search engine is a wonderful tool to get information on people. Um, it provides the biggest encyclopedia as well. It's like a bit like Wikipedia. It's a bit more controlled. And of course, they have a payment app because we give a lot of information on what we consume when we pay. Tencent, um, I don't know how many people are gamers here. Gamers usually know Tencent because of its games. And I don't know how many people remember ICQ or MSN Messenger. China, protected from, from uh, US companies, created its own companies and messengers, for example. It's called QQ. It looks a bit like a Linux uh, penguin with a cold. And a bit later, when uh, smartphones came up, they invented a new messenger that might be known by more people. It's called WeChat, and it's owned by Tencent and has millions of users worldwide. And WeChat provides one of the biggest payment apps. But there is a name you, I'm sure most of you have heard, Snapchat. 12% of your data is owned by Tencent if you're using this and Snapchat. The third one is Alibaba. Uh, Westerners might know it from AliExpress. It's a big website. It's often said, well, they are like the Chinese Amazon. They even invented a, their own holiday, which is only about consumerism. They have this uh, payment app called Alipay, and uh, they are coming to Germany. I think there are two or three shops now you can, or whole chains where you can pay with it. They own their Chinese eBay, it's uh, Taobaowang, and uh, which is more important is Sina Weibo. Um, microblogging, Westerners usually say Twittering for microblogging. Um, the biggest platform is China Weibo. And and financials, you can keep that in mind because and financial not only only use Alipay but a social credit system called Sesame Credit. So you can see from all these places, information are drawn into a score. And you don't make the rules. Either the government is making the rules or private companies. So how it works, I would try to tell you using Sesame Credit from Alibaba. So you can see when you use Alipay, it goes onto your score. And of course, the, <laughs> Alibaba wants you to use their, uh, their services. Therefore, whenever you use uh, Alibaba service, your score goes up. And at first, you can do little things like grab one of these bikes on the street that are sucking your data. You can use them for free, or you don't have to give a um, you, you have, don't have to leave some money. 
or you can check in the hotel, get a premium breakfast, or get a visa application because you've already proven that you are a good citizen. So, and the next point is really interesting. Alibaba is working together with the largest dating app called Baihel. So, I know a lot of people criticize that in dating apps, people just look at the face of a person. You don't have to do that anymore. You can look at the score before you go to the face. Um, and maybe think of when people want to date, they are willing to give tons of data from them. And usually, these are really intimate data. We wouldn't maybe tell our neighbors, but we're telling them a program. And you don't even have to do so much yourself. We are all lazy people. So um, they invented smile to pay You can pay with facial recognition. And they, um, because facial recognition is huge in China, you don't even have to be, uh, tell the government when you are jaywalking, which means you're ignoring red lights. In some cities, when you're jaywalking, your face gets scanned and will be on the screens around you together with your name and your fine. And of course, it will go to the score. And um, Alibaba gets some information from official databases, like courts. And a lot of people said it does not have penalties. It does have penalties. And even though a program does not have penalties at the beginning, you shouldn't trust them, because penalties are always really bad in advertising. And the penalties are... Oh, that was a bit quick. The penalties, at the beginning, it was very clever because they picked out people that are not so popular. So they picked out people who are, for example, not paying their court fees or not paying for their children. And so they said, these people shouldn't be allowed to buy luxury goods. And who would say, like, oh, no, that's not fair. So, um, but... More and more things are included in penalties, and now it's about like, not being able to buy first-class tickets. But on this example, you can see where this can go. You are in a system, and you need these points to get a job, get a promotion, or get your kids in a good school. So it's not only you. And with your score, it can be seen whom are you hanging around with at least virtually. And if you're hanging around with people with low scores, what might be happening to your score? And there's one thing you can see in a lot of digitized systems. While our data gets totally transparent and we are walking around more or less naked on the internet, the companies or the countries that are running these programs are quite tight about the methods they're using. For example, you don't find a lot of information on the artificial intelligence or algorithms involved. And these are the bloody things that are creating your score. And I think if you have to give a lot of information, at least you should have a knowledge about how the system really works. So why is the Communist Party 
doing such an effort and creating such systems. We will speed through that because we are running late. So, before 89, you had loads of countries called socialists. After 89, you had just a few, and China was one of the few. So, after that, they were called a transformation society, which usually means a country has opened up to capitalism, and now they have a kind of problem because some people swim upwards and a lot of people go down. And social services were vanishing in China. That caused kind of problems. In 2014, you had more than 200, or more or less, 250 mass incidents in China per day, which means everything from pensioners wanting a better healthcare, for example, or a bit more money, to thousands of people throwing petrol bombs and torching governmental buildings. It's the same. It's a small problem for China. And social control via groups is always more efficient for government or company than doing everything by themselves. So while in Western countries, usually the church was a big in social control. In China, you have the hukou, which means you can only get social service where you live, and a lot of other ones. These were like paper files. Now you can integrate every information in a social credit score. And as China became a digitized society, more and more technologies were used in social control. And again, this is not China-specific. We can see more and more cameras around us and more and more smart cameras that can do facial recognition and that more and more technology is involved to gather information on us every day. So one question is, why are people participating? I was a bit shocked because after I did this talk on the CCC, a lot of people said, well, it's Chinese people, right? No, it's not. It's not Chinese people. Or do you know anyone using Google or Facebook? Well, I, I hope so. And it's a thing called gamification. Roughly said, it's the employment of techniques and, uh, from computer gaming and you're putting them in a non-gaming environment. Or as someone who designs games said, you should spend as much time as possible with that game. So gamification, a couple of years ago, it became huge. And you have this in advertising, and in how to handle your company. And it sounds really nice, right? When you do a game with a child who's doing the washing up, it's nicer than tearing a screaming kid to the zinc. So why can it be dangerous? Gamification is wonderful if you want to have a bit more fun in your life and getting yourself ready to do the dishes. But we really like to play. We are social animals. We love to play. And this mostly something very innocent for us. But like every tool, it can be used for good or for bad. And the mix-up with big data and capitalism and social control is scaring me. Because we have no sense for data. We cannot know 
who's doing what with the data. We left on the internet while we were just doing stuff, and we are leaving a lot of data using the internet. So I was compared to nuclear power. It was so difficult to tell people that nuclear radiation is indeed really dangerous because you cannot smell it, you cannot taste it, and you cannot feel it. And for us humans, it's really, really hard to see something as dangerous we cannot see. So at the moment, with gamified controls systems, they're using our goodwill to play and be social to get information on our, uh, from us and to influence us. And we have seen this not in the Chinese elections, but the American elections, what can be done with data. And we had the Cambridge Analytica scandal to see that our data is really interesting for people. And to see some ideological influences for China, you can see that it was a socialist country, influenced, may, not mainly, but influenced by Mao Zedong's thoughts. And after his death, the Chinese society and politics changed. You know, maybe that symbol as well, it's socialism. But in the 80s, they employed some other methods and ideology. You have nationalism, which is kind of not really good with socialism in theory. And the Chinese government really did a lot of research and so-called failed states on ex-Soviet states and states that prospered. And they found a wonderful new tool called public relation. And you have someone who might not be so popular in Germany. Um, it's Confucius. So instead of saying, okay, we are a socialist country, we want class war, the Chinese government now says they want a harmonious society. And they changed the communication. The communication they're doing with the public has not names like a hundred flower campaign or a great leap forward. New campaigns are called socialist harmonious society. And if you speak a bit of Marxist, harmony and and socialism never went well together. And you have the Chinese dream. And governments are really interested in feedback. And we are providing feedback with our use of ICTs and in China, social credit systems. So, but we are opening up the more time we spend with a little thing in our hand and paying all our attention on that technological device, the less time we spend face-to-face. -face. And you might have noticed some people start flinching when you're talking to them because their device is telling them to spend some time with them. So I try to give you some insights in how China changed in the last decades and how a Chinese social credit system will work. And this will heavily influence the people's lives. And really, it's more about the international tendency to solve social problems with technological solutions. And this will never work 
One reason is these technologies were never made for solving social problems. And it's not only the Chinese Communist Party that has seen the internet as a place of influence and control. So, before you take part in a game that defines your life, and we have a lot of gamified things in Europe as well. In Germany, you have Payback, for example. It was the first gamified thing. And there's a scary other thing when you have the inclusion of cryptocurrency, because then all you consume will be displayed. But as a last thing, please don't see scoring as a Chinese problem. It is a worldwide problem, and it was made possible by digitalization. There's data broking and data mining, and we learned a lot of this from the Cambridge Analytica. And before you become a player in a game where you can't really participate in the rules, think about how you want to live your life and how you want to die in a society or be sick or be helpless. Do you want to be given a device or having a human taking care of you? The more we take part in these systems, the bigger they get. Most of these systems can only exist because we are feeding them with data. So we are creating problems, not only for us, for future generations. Humans messed up with nuclear energy. Please help that digitalization isn't the next trap. And if you want to, sorry, one point. If you want to, to know more about scoring in Western societies, Tame and Shape has a wonderful website called socialcooling.com and he's giving wonderful explanation on scoring in Western societies. Thank you all, that was the talk.